guys, welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Ellie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys toward wellness and how to navigate it all. We were inspired to learn about the journeys of normal people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices, from physical to emotional to spiritual, to figure out what wellness means to them and what works for them. We aren't doctors or experts, just average ladies figuring out how to live our best lives while tackling topics all across the wellness spectrum. It takes courage to share these journeys, and by talking about them and sharing personal stories of real people, we aim to destigmatize the process. Join us as we in our community share our courageous wellness. We have an exciting new discount for our listeners with Four Sigmatic. Four Sigmatic offers superfood coffee and elixirs to upgrade your daily routine. The powerful antioxidants, antiviral effects, and immune-boosting properties of mushrooms transform your cup of gel from an energy-boosting treat to a health-enhancing choice. Along with mushroom coffee, Four Sigmatic also offers mushroom elixirs, mushroom hot cocos, and other shroom-filled products. Erica uses the lion's mane in her morning superfood coffee, and even though I hate mushrooms, I absolutely love the products, especially the matcha latte powder, which contains myataki mushrooms and adaptogens. For 10% off Four Sigmatic products, visit foursigmatic.com and use the code COURAGEOUS at checkout, and there's also a direct link in our show notes. Hi, everyone. We are here today recording from New York City. Live from New York. This is coming to you hot and fresh. <laughs> we are um, um, visiting like New York the, pizza. Yeah. We are visiting the East Coast this week for some really exciting recordings, um, which we're really looking forward to releasing. So check back soon for those episodes. But we actually, we just got into the city yesterday um we were in philadelphia we got to the east coast a couple days ago um we went to philadelphia first because we attended the positivity charge uh one day conference and it was so amazing yeah and if any of you have listened to the episode with dr rubina to hear um it was from last year pretty early on episode 30 yeah episode 30 um pretty early on in our podcast but uh, she is one of the co-founders of the Positivity Charge. And for any of you who don't know, the Positivity Charge is a conference. It's, it's um, a one-day conference. A one-day conference that's hosted. Uh, Philadelphia is its, its sort of home base, but they do them in, in Los Angeles. C- in L.A. and also in different cities um, on the East Coast. And uh, we're, we were really fortunate to attend. And um, yeah, so Erica, what... What did you think of it? You know, it was really amazing. And I think it was it was really exciting because like Ali said, if you haven't listened to Rubina on the podcast, please listen to her episode because it's all about how the positivity charge began. It's about living in a positive mindset and really giving women the tools to live an empowered life. Yes. And not just feel empowered at a conference or feel empowered because of something someone says, but that, that they can leave these conferences or leave what the positivity charge is sharing with tools to feel empowered. And so it was amazing. And, you know, Allie and I, of course, right, we live in Los Angeles. Yeah. Where wellness is so everywhere. Like it's, it's everywhere. prevalent in it's the culture of a lot of a lot of L.A. A lot of L.A., right? So it was really interesting, I think, to be able to experience this conference in Philadelphia, which was a really cool city, by the way. Ali and I loved Philadelphia. Just side tangent for everyone listening. Um, from Philadelphia, we love your city. Um, but it was really interesting to, to experience the conference there because it wasn't, of course, there were amazing influencers. There were amazing um, speakers. speakers. There was an amazing track. We were on the wellness enthusiast track, and it was amazing. We'll get into that. But I really felt which I don't always feel in LA in general, like there was such a sense of community and all of these women felt empowered to share their story. Yeah. And And their opinions. And their opinions and what they were going through. And people were so unbelievably brave and vulnerable. And yeah, it wasn't, you could tell people weren't there to just see an influencer or, you know, um, hear 
the keynote speaker speak, they were really there to learn, educate, and empower themselves and share with the community of the positivity charge. And I thought that was pretty exceptional. Yeah. And I have to say, and I mean this in the most loving way to Los Angeles, but like it really taught me in ways the LA wellness scene needs to get their act together. A hundred percent. Um, because this community was incredibly diverse in so many ways. Yeah. Ethnically diverse, ethnically diverse, body positive, like every body shape and type was represented. I'm sure every, you know, you know, part of the spectrum of sexual orientation and, and perhaps even, I don't know, there were tons of people there, but, um, yes, it was mostly women. There were some men, um, I don't know, maybe some non-binary, I don't know, but the reality is there was just like incredibly diverse in many, many ways. Yeah. So it, it actually shined a light on how that is not the case in LA. That was one of the first things, you know, it started at, um, the conference started at about 8.15 with, you know, a delicious breakfast and coffee from Saxby's, which was a local coffee shop, which was really cool. Yeah. And, um, and a then yoga. yoga, yoga started at nine. And immediately though, when we got there, that was one of the first things Ali and I noticed was how, like we just said, how diverse the group of women were yeah, in so many ways, in so many ways. And it was incredible. And like Ali said, it really just showed us how not, di- I mean, we knew this and we've talked about this on the podcast. If you've listened, we talk about, you know, wellness is so white, especially in Los Angeles. There's so much privilege in the wellness community. Right. And it was amazing just to see so many different types of people all coming together to better themselves yeah. and to better their health. You know, that was so beautiful too, because maybe because it's so saturated in Los Angeles and we see it so much and there's air one and there are so many wellness influencers that, you know, live in our community and it's everywhere. A lot of times, I don't know if arrogance is the right word, but it's like everybody feels like they know best Mm -hmm. and they're not as curious. Not that we're not curious to learn. Of course, we're like curious, but they're not. I feel like there was like a there. Everyone here wanted to learn something. They wanted to educate themselves. And it's not that they didn't have any sort of wellness education. They're obviously at a conference because they're interested in wellness and have some sort of knowledge. Right. But they were curious to learn more. They were curious to ask questions. They were curious to share their opinion. If if someone in the audience asked a question to a speaker, someone else in the audience would also raise their hand and answer it. Right. There was no sense of self-consciousness of sharing um, points of view, opinions, what they found confusing even. If a speaker said something that they felt to be contradictory. Yeah. people didn't feel uncomfortable calling that to attention. You know, it makes me think, and and this is not like a poo-poo on LA. Obviously, we have like an incredible community there. But I'm just saying, I think the Los Angeles community, we could all learn something from this. And I, I think also, I loved that there was, you know, that everybody was willing to say, hey, actually, I know that you're like said expert, but that doesn't make sense to me. And here's why. Mm -hmm. So please clarify that. And it actually, in a lot of ways, helped even panelists or speakers reframe the way they were saying things and and made them even take a step back at moments and say, wow, I really, I really understand what you're saying. I understand why that sounds confusing. Let me, let me actually like circle back. And so it really was discussion and dialogue um, centric in a way. And even, yes, it was like presentation speaker and then audience in some of the, um, in some, like in some of the course of the day, but it was interactive. Absolutely. And that was natural part of it. And I really think, you know, this was the fourth, I think they said, uh, in Philly. Yeah. Like positivity charge. And I really think that Rubina and her co-founder, Parisha Smith, have really created this environment. Yes. Because it didn't feel, and this isn't, like it isn't a poo-poo on LA because we're trying, right? Everyone is trying, but I feel like Rubina and Parisha have really created an inclusive environment. Yes. And not an exclusive environment. And 
they are walking examples yeah. that it takes intention mm-hmm. to create an inclusive environment. Absolutely. And so I think people in this world, in this wellness world, could learn to be more intentional with creating an inclusive message, with creating more accessibility in the wellness world. I mean, we, you and I talk about this all the time that yes, not only is like wellness so white sometimes, but it's also so wealthy sometimes. And I mean, this event was gorgeous. It was, you know, in a gorgeous hotel and, and, and it was a beautiful, almost feeling like luxurious sort of self-care environment but what I love is how intentional that they've like how intentional they've been with creating this community and that anybody who walked in there was welcome and meant to be there yeah and we were able to make so many friends and connections and talk to people it's just a really it was a really beautiful experience and I think like Ali mentioned, I think it really changed us and is something we're going to bring home to our own Los Angeles community and, and keep really keeping in our minds. And it, it really was, it was an incredible day. And what was so cool about it too, is because it's a conference, um, it was from about eight to four and you got to choose a tract to be on. Yes. There was, I think, wellness enthusiasts, wellness entrepreneur, entrepreneur and wellness elitist and wellness elitist. We were wellness enthusiasts. Yes. As we are major wellness enthusiasts. And um, we got to go to a great, you know, our, our conversation was with um, Elise of Your Food Story podcast and um, Kaylin Chocolate. Mm-hmm. If you guys are familiar with her, uh, she's amazing. So if you're not, please, please look her up. And um, I think we're going to be collaborating with her soon, which is really exciting. So look out for that. But she um, she was so knowledgeable and informative and Yes. Her, her whole sort of talk was about, you know, that we're aware now that food affects our mood, but how does mood affect our food? Yeah. And really the process, even in the body of how it doesn't matter what food you're digesting, but how your mindset when you're consuming food has an effect on how your body processes that food. Right. Yeah. And, and it was really interesting because Allie and I, right, we're at the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and we're learning so much about that. So for us, we were like, yeah, we know this, right? But so many people, it was like, it also reminded me that so many people don't have that information right. about food and mood because so many people, right, in this interactive environment share, they're like, no one's ever told me that. No one has ever right. shared with me that my mood affects the way I'm digesting and processing and experiencing Food. food, which is so true, you know, for anyone listening who also hasn't heard of this, it is probably one of the most important things you can do to your body when you eat, because if you're eating all the kale and all the smoothies and, you know, paleo, keto, whatever, but you're miserable while you're eating it, you're stressed while you're eating it, you are anxious while you're eating it, you might be holding on to extra weight, even though you're eating everything perfectly, you might be bloated every single day your body is going to take the mood you're putting into it while you're eating while you're cooking your intention behind it and react that way right because we we know that there's you know two um nervous systems basically right your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system and one like in basic terms is the fight or flight which we need to activate sometimes when you know like there's always the example of being chased by a tiger so we in our modern day life are often not in that kind of danger. But if you are, it's a good system to have kind of kick into place. The problem is the other one is our rest and, and digest. And the two can't be activated basically at the same time. If you're in the fight or flight mode because you're super stressed, whether it be a work email, you know, your body can have that same response to a work email as it can to a tiger. Yeah. And your hormones are going to get activated, whether it's your cortisol release or whatever. And so you body, your body is not in digest mode when, when your fight or flight instincts are activated. Absolutely. And, and so it is, it was just, it's so important for everyone listening to really keep that in mind because then if you're going to eat, you know, a 
delicious cookie or a bowl of pasta or, you know, a bagel like we just ate this morning in beautiful New York City, you're going to be stressed about that experience too or be like, now I have to go exercise. Like, a, right. you know, like it's it's just the intention, Every like Ali just shared, is so important. Yeah. And I think we don't realize how important it is because – we think we're doing everything quote right. But I think this is also why there are so many people who exercise, eat quote healthy, but they, they don't lose weight if that's their goal or they're still bloated or they still have stomach pain, even though they're doing everything their doctor says they should do. I think this sometimes really is the missing piece. And I was so glad that that was the focus of, of our tract. Yeah. And, and like you said, some people were really open and shared about you know, histories with eating disorders and disordered eating and um, talking about the fact that like they've done years of work and recovery and they had never heard that concept before. And so I think it it just really hit home for a lot of the women in the room. And that was awesome. Yeah. And it was a great reminder for us, um, especially ahead of this trip where (laughs) we definitely, you know, might be indulging a little bit more, but we're going to enjoy every single second. But how many people, obviously we're not on vacation right now, but you hear about this all the time where people go on vacation, right? Yeah. And they eat more than they eat at home. They drink more than they drink at home and they either lose weight or don't gain a pound, even right. though they didn't really exercise, right? Or, and you're always like, why is that happening? And it is, it's that you're letting your body rest and or digest. Or lack of stress, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You're going into that, um, that part of your So it is, system. it's really important to create those environments at home. Absolutely. So speaking of, you know, drinking a little bit more. Something else that came up at the conference that I think also made the 150 people plus in that room really open their eyes to something that's going on in the wellness sort of world and the marketing aspect of it all is when that woman shared about, um, who's also in recovery and she's, um, she was an alcoholic, is an alcoholic, I can't speak. She is an alcoholic, a recovering alcoholic and is a mom. And was saying, you know, what about this rosé all day, boozy mommy culture thing? Um, You know, walking into Target and there's displays of rosé bottles everywhere or commercials with women in yoga pants and yoga mats that just walked from class to meet their girlfriends and drink rosé all afternoon, right? It's like this sort of glamorous... Our mommy is like happy juice, like need right. this at the end of the day, that glass right. of wine. And she was talking about in the way it's marketed to mom culture specifically, but you could, you could expand that a little bit more to just women in general yeah. of a certain age demographic. And, um, and obviously for some people, alcohol can be a healthy or, um, regular part of their diet and that's fine. But to acknowledge the fact that, you know, and even even one of the women on the panel said, like, we know that, like, at a certain point, alcohol consumption becomes unhealthy for you, right? Whatever that quantity may be, whether you have a problem with it or not. So how to reconcile that, right, in the in sort of like this with this wellness marketing aspect of it? It's really difficult. It's it is. It's you know, it's really interesting the drinking culture and it is really interesting in terms of the wellness world and it's also interesting the comparison to between LA and even like Philadelphia and New York yeah because I feel like obviously Allie and I both enjoy a, a drink every now yeah, and then which we speak openly about and we both have taken time off from drinking we've both done whole 30 um but in LA And I know Sober Curious is actually a really big movement right now. Um, If you haven't heard of it, it's, you know, a lot of people are choosing. They're not um, alcoholics, but they're just choosing to be sober. I feel like in L.A., that is so much more normal than. Mm. And accepted. And accepted than maybe the East Coast. That was like a yay L.A. (laughs) since we had. But really, like, I do think there's something to. And I've had friends visit me in L.A. from other cities. And they even say the culture in LA isn't, isn't a drinking culture because you can go on a hike. You can go 
grab a smoothie. You can go grab a juice. Like these are all activities that are drinking alternatives that you could do on a date or with your friends or are just as fun. Whereas in these cities, right, these big cities where people, right, LA also is a different industry. People do not work normal jobs. So happy hour, of course, this is a generalization. People do. We have tons of friends who work real nine to fives, who go to happy hour, who do these things. Right. But it's an industry city. So it, 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 it sort of has its own set of hours that's different than... Absolutely. But here, right, on the East Coast, most people are working hard jobs, long hours, and they want to go to happy hour after right. work. Or when you go on a date, a Tinder date or a Bumble date, you're going to go grab a drink. Yeah. It's it's very different. So it was I was able to be like, I also take that for granted that we live in a city that isn't socially centered around alcohol. Right. And I think other cities are... Social, not all cities, again, generalization, but, you know, even in New York, right, there's like bars on every corner and you can walk everywhere and it's, it's such, it's so different and you can't, you have to drive everywhere in LA. Right. I think that's probably part of it too, is that you have to be really, really careful in Los Angeles because it's a driving city. Yeah. Um, So on one hand, I think we're really lucky that I feel like it's probably, you know, there are so many other things to do in Los Angeles but drink. Not that there aren't so many things to do in every city but other culturally than drink. It's different. But culturally, like, you can go to Air One on a Friday night and the juice bar is packed. Yes. It's like a pop in place and there's right. no alcohol at Air One, you know, by the glass. Or I have to say now, and maybe it's just sort of this, like, California wellness world, sort of the hub of it all. But now a lot of bars in, in California or Southern California have... Um, non-alcoholic options on tap like kombucha on tap or even mocktails right so and that aren't don't feel like um you're compromising like the only thing you have to drink at a bar besides alcohol is like a soda right or like a diet soda or something like that which is not sort of defeats the purpose it's like you have some fun delicious alternatives that you don't feel like oh it's it's a sacrifice I have to make by not having a drink tonight. Absolutely. And and what I like too about that woman's very important point, because I do think, I do think mom culture, I, I think, right. She was sharing like it, this mommy wine culture is what she called yeah. it. But um, what I also loved about the positivity charge is there was no judgment. No. And I think so many times in the wellness community, there is so much judgment. It's yeah. like, I'm vegan. I'm paleo. I'm sober. And judgment, I'm right. I'm right. And that's not the vibe there. It was literally just a group of women sharing their personal experiences with each other and being curious to learn more from each other, not just from experts, but from the experiences of other authentic, powerful women. It was such a positive (laughs) positivity charge, but it was such a positive event. It was. And they should be really proud of themselves. Like they really have created something that's of value, you know, of real value. And I know you and I took a lot from it and um, really just responded to a lot of just the content throughout the day and the and the interactions and and the way we got to meet new people and chat with different people. And and also, you know, a lot of us. In these big cities, I'm going to say like the New York and L.A.'s of the of the states um, think that like we forget that our way of life is not the only way of life. And what we're exposed to is not the way a lot of people live. Mm-hmm. And that's OK. And to just have perspective on that is really important. Yeah, because I think it's easy to get so out of touch with the way most people live and and there's a wide variety in that too um but it's also important to realize you know we talk about this that we want the idea of wellness or or doing things for yourself to make your life better or your self-care or your day just go by a little bit you know where you feel you know more supportive or self-love or whatever you want to call it um and connected to yourself both physically emotionally mentally and Um, there are different ways to achieve that and that it should be available and accessible for anyone at any price point or at price point zero. And obviously like these kinds of events are not available to everyone, but that 
wellness as a whole should be a right and not a privilege, which it often winds up being. We want to take a quick moment away from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Beekeepers Naturals. Beekeepers Naturals is a wellness company specializing in innovative nutraceuticals made from healing hive compounds and plant-based ingredients. Their mission is to improve people's health naturally and save the bees. Erica and I absolutely love these products and have been using them since December when CEO and founder Carly Stein was featured on the podcast. I use their bee pollen in my smoothies and love the superfood cacao honey. It is so delicious. But my favorite is the Bee Chill Hemp Honey. It delivers a powerful 28 milligrams of hemp oil per teaspoon so you can find your bliss. Made with USA grown hemp, it is non-psychoactive and contains 0% THC. I take it most evenings before bed or when I get home from activities to completely relax and sleep through the night. It also curbs my sweet tooth since it is so delicious. What about you, Allie? Well, if you know me, you know I love the propolis spray more than anything, but I also love the Beelixir Brain Fuel. It's a caffeine-free liquid vial with ingredients like ginkgo biloba and royal jelly that is really great for fighting brain fog and enhancing focus and concentration without the jitters. If you want to try Beekeepers Naturals, you can receive 15% off your order by using the code COURAGEOUSWELLNESS, all one word, at checkout. Or visit beekeepersnaturals.com slash courageouswellness, which you can also find in our show notes. Now, back to the episode. It is really eye-opening and even just being in this world now for a year and Ali and I started school in January. We've learned so much so quickly that sometimes I forget that the knowledge I now have, not that I forget, but certain things like they're not common sense. It's not common sense, but when you live in it, and I think that's why people get sometimes out of touch, even if it's in different ways, right? Even out of touch and just like, well, doesn't everybody know that, you know, X, Y, Z, right? It's like when you're, when you're in it, like you said, you forget that not everybody is in it. But what really, really profoundly impacted me is how everyone wanted and wants to be healthy. Yes. Everybody wants to be healthy. And that just looks different for every single person. And people are trying their best. And, and they want to they want to live better, thriving lives. And that's where the judgment needs to be absolutely ripped out of wellness. Because, you know, back to right, like we talked about there was so much body diversity at this yeah. conference. So much body diversity, which was so unbelievably incredible. And everybody was in there doing what they could do except for me actually <laughs> I was not because I had pulled a really fun calf muscle um but you know what I mean like people of all different levels and skills were actively and confidently going to the yoga thing in the morning yeah and and asking questions and being curious and even like people like openly shared you know like that they enjoy having like pancakes for breakfast or whatever it may be right like in this beautiful open space of Wellness isn't one size fits all. Right. And you don't have to look a certain way to be working on your wellness. And it, you know, it reminded me, I, I don't, I want to say it was a couple months ago. It could have been longer or shorter than that. Time is going by so fast. But um, when Nike was attacked and then the people who attacked Nike were then attacked, but um, Nike released plus size mannequins mm. and they were criticized by mass media or maybe not mass media, but there were articles criticizing Nike for promoting plus size bodies. And then again, like I said, those people ended up being so attacked because like, are you joking? There are so many, sorry, I'm so, it made, it made me so angry because there are so many healthy people who are not a size zero, right? I'm, I mean, I'm not big by any means, but in LA I'm a size eight and that's like, that's big for LA a lot of times. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds crazy and horrible, but being an eight in LA is is in a wellness-centric world, I can sometimes feel like the biggest person in the room. And that's bullshit. And that is also people size 12, size 16, size 14 can be healthy and working on their health. 
And that's yeah, honestly, it, people at any size and anybody who wants to like do something for their physical body yeah. should have a right to be represented. Uh, an absolute right to be represented. And someone who's a size 16 might not want to be smaller they just might want to be healthier or they might enjoy going for a run yeah like why can't they go for a run yeah so it was just it just reminded me because I I remember getting so aggravated and angry when all that Nike stuff happened as did the majority of the body positive community the wellness community you know I think everyone with like a brain was like upset at the critics criticizing Nike for having a plus size mannequin and like go Nike for doing that like amazing more more companies should be doing that because that's what it is at the end of the day it's not about being skinny and wellness right can sometimes be the new eating disorder right I was gonna say and and there was a recent you know New York Times article about like is wellness just a new word for diet culture exactly and it can be but it shouldn't be because wellness should just mean what does healthy mean for you and what does it mean today for you? Exactly. And, you know, we're, we're in school. And so I've been like lightly coaching mm. some of my friends, <laughs> you know, um, to get some practice in and to help yeah. them with some of their specific needs. And a lot, most people's needs are not to be just, they just, people just want to be healthy, right? Yeah. And sometimes healthy for somebody is drink more water, right? You know, I've told so many friends, I've, I've given them water prescriptions. Right. You need to start your day with like 16 to 30 ounces of water, depending on where, like my friends who start with like, they don't drink water during them, like to start with 16 ounces of water in the morning, yeah. build up to 30, um, eat exactly the same food you're eating every day, add greens to every yeah. meal, oh, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that's or another, make an, addition. make an addition, right? So it's not about like, I think that's, it is when wellness is diet culture is when it's all about being skinny or restrictive or labels, but that's not what it should be. And that's not what the positivity charge promotes. And I think that's like, that's what blew me away too about the positivity charge. It it was just so different than the wellness I'm constantly exposed to in Los Angeles. And listen, there's nothing wrong if part of what your experience is, is having, um, I guess like a physical component. Like I think, no, of I course. think what's the part, the hard part of the LA stuff is that because of the industry town that we live in, the entertainment industry, the entertainment in industry didn't catch that. Um, there is a real pressure or desire or whatever, sometimes good, sometimes not good to want to look a certain way. It's a part of the business, unfortunately, or fortunately, like I guess, like there's no, I, I guess there's no judgment on that. There's no judgment on that. I, in from my point of view it's just like what's your why what is your why so again it's not to judge if you have certain sort of like physical goals but you know you know who talks about this well is that um someone we've had on the podcast is Ariel Laurie yeah she's like she's open about the fact that she's had plastic surgery and things like that but she's like don't do it if you think it's gonna make you happy yep you can do it if it's something you want to do for yourself but don't don't be confused about what you're going to get from it. Yep. And I think she's really like clear on that and um, presents that kind of thing in a, in a, you know, in a non-judgmental way. Yeah. So I, th- I guess, I guess at the core, it's about getting rid of the judgment on all areas. Getting rid of the judgment and getting rid of really figuring out your why Yeah. for everything. And, and yeah, I was just so impressed and so moved because and I've shared so much of my weight loss self-love journey on this podcast, but for so many years of my life, the why was just to be skinny mm-hmm. or healthy or wellness meant skinny. Right. And that is just, it is not what it means. Well, and ironically, every, when, when it no longer was your why, that's when I lost, you lost weight. weight. Yeah. So, and, and like Ali said, there's nothing wrong with wanting to like, you know, there's nothing wrong with like wanting abs or like right. wanting like, you know, to like lose five pounds, whatever. But again, there's also so much more to life and there's so much more to health yeah. than having abs. Right. Exactly. So and someone could have abs and be very unhealthy. Right. Like one does not equal the other. Right. And someone who's a size 16 could be healthier than someone who's a size zero. Yeah. 
Well, and also, so that kind of brings me to another thing that was um, d- covered in the in the conference. One of the women on one of the panels, she basically, and this is so inspiring to me because this so is like inspiring. up my alley. Um, she cured herself of her MS symptoms through food. Yeah. And as someone who's gone through medical stuff and, uh, you know, and how diet has really changed the way I feel, I really loved hearing her story. Yeah, it was so inspiring. And, you know, and there are other people. There's like Dr. Terry Walls, who I love following. If And it just shows how powerful, like, if we can reframe our relationship with food and mood, like Elise spoke about how powerful it can be for our good too, yeah. for our health, not to get healthy, to make us healthy. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh, I'll be healthy when I'm eating this, this, this. It's like, oh, I can use these things that come from the earth to fuel me to truly have my body like heal and itself. Heal. And yeah. that's, you know, I just like, I could talk about so, that all day long. I also loved that one question. You'll have to help me remember the words specifically, but they also weren't afraid to go there in terms of like political consciousness. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, um, the, the question that was asked, you know, to the panel was really about like, what are you doing in this, in your field, in your field, in this highly, right. Toxic climate that we live in, right. To, um, to promote like a, better way of life for women I think for women especially when women's rights I think it was with the caveat that a lot of women's rights are under attack right now yeah so some people answered it well some people didn't answer it didn't answer and that's okay that you know that happens and sometimes I think people feel you know their platform isn't right And, and I and I you know it's so hard because your platform is your platform and it is yours to use however you want to use it. And there is something to when you make something inclusive for every single person, you have the potential to dialogue and change someone's mind. Yes. Right. As opposed to immediately shutting someone out. Well, I think that's what that's the line that people walk because they're afraid to isolate yes. to anybody. H- however, you know, it. why I bring this up is because it made Ali and I think right about how do we do that? (laughs) Or how do we want to do that? And I think you can answer this as well, but it really made me think about, I think something that we hope is different about our podcast and something that we want our podcast to be is an inspiration for people to go out and do good, to take care of themselves, to take care of your health, however that looks at whatever size you are, but also then to be inspired to do good and to help other people too. Right. Because, we can't just live in a bubble by ourselves. And I do understand that some of the people that were interviewed have very, are like aligned with very specific sort of branded media channels, for example. But I don't know. I also feel like I, I felt a little conflicted with some of the answers, to be honest, just because I get that. And I totally understand that. And in a way, like we don't want to isolate any listener. Like you don't have to agree with what we say. We want you to feel like, there's this is a platform to learn information take what works for you leave what doesn't but I also feel like in a climate when um there's some really really serious serious stuff if you don't speak out against it like not every not one person can fix every single thing no but if you're not taking like some sort of action even if it's just in your personal life towards speaking either speaking out or doing something against it you are complicit and I'm not I don't I'm not saying that of the panel I think they all clearly are very um they are empowered no, women who just, are doing things they're just choosing to do it differently and different, it's just different ways it's just the way it made us reflect like that's exactly that's yeah. what I'm just saying it means like but if you do nothing you are contributing to the problem yeah and I think you know I love Sophie Jaffe I think she is um pretty wonderful if you don't follow her check, check her, her out, out. And see if you vibe with her. But um, she is actually very outspoken. And I really admire that because she has a very big platform and she has lost. She says she has lost many followers 
because she is outspoken about issues that she feels are important to her. And she says that that's okay. Yeah. Because it isn't about alienating everybody, but if you, she's just like, if your energy can't even be around my opinion, then your energy doesn't have to follow me. Right. And I think that's the thing. There is something to that as well, but it is, it's always shocking to me when there's something really major going on in the world. Which is not, which is always, which when is, we think about it, whether no. it's in Armenia or not, it's always. And that's been a, that's been a thing I've had to become more woke <laughs> to, <laughs> like for lack of a better word, because it's like, this shit has always been going on. It's just now on the front page of our papers and our, and our nonstop TV and whatever our media every single day. Well, yeah. And I think that's the thing. It's okay if you disagree with something, right, Allie and I say, or if you disagree with something an influencer says, but we should all become a culture. I think that's what's so hard is like, we're now a culture, like we're a cancel culture, right? We're like this culture of, if I disagree with you, or if you speak out about guns or females, women's rights, and I don't agree with your stance, I am just done with you, right? Or I'm done. Mm -hmm. And that's not getting us anywhere. Mm-hmm. we have to be, and it's hard for me too. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not saying like I'm saying this, right. but I've had to unfollow people during the election for posting things that I was just like, I can't even like read what you're writing and I don't want to see it. Like I've, I've done this before. Yeah, me too. But I'm also aware that that's not getting us anywhere because then my bubble is just a bigger bubble of people who agree with my opinions. Right. It's and not bridging gaps of di- of courageous dialogue. Yes. And. Yes, and. <laughs> um, I think, however, it is, you know, this is an interesting balance. And this is also something I spoke about on the panel. You do have the power to curate what you see and ingest as a part of your health journey. Right. So if it's unhealthy for you and you're being really, really triggered by some abrasive stuff, I'm not saying ignore it. I think what you're saying is if you ignore it and just expand like the bubble that you already live in, you're not actually being a part of anything. You're not being a part of a solution. You're just sort of like creating just a bigger version of what you already live in. But um, if you need to not ingest certain information for your mental health. It doesn't mean you can be ignorant and put your head in the sand. It just means you can curate when and how you get the information. Yeah. And I think that's what's tricky about social media is social media is not, it's probably not the best place to be having these like conversations, right? Because it's a snippet. Yes. It's like a, it's a caption or it's a 30 second story. I think it's really about For me, it was really like this question made me reflect in like my life too. Like, how do I want to live? How do I want to interact with people? And how do, again, like, do I want to in real life, IRL, bridge courageous conversations? And have conversation. Well, I think people hide behind social media all the time. You don't actually have to be courageous to do anything on social media. No, you don't. Sorry. As like Brene Brown says, like sharing your bikini wax is not vulnerability. (laughs) So if you were really courageous... Maybe you could have a dialogue with the person you disagree with in real life. And I've, I've actually, I've had opportunities this year to have more dialogues and more people in my environment who do have different opinions than I do. And it's pushed me in a different way because it is very easy to just curate people who have the same opinions as you. And we all do. We all think we're right. You know, I think I'm you know we all yeah of course so but the other people think they're right too and that's something that I've had to be like okay this to create real lasting change we're gonna have to bridge that gap I think I'm right you think you're right and then there's just this and I think that's why our country is so divided right now too our our society our world and we have so many epidemics whether it's you know the gun violence epidemic or chronic illness epidemic. Yeah, it's still we're getting sicker. We're dying. We're yeah, we're getting sicker and sicker, and we're not we're not expanding. We may expand our lifespan through whatever modern science, but we are not expanding our health span. Yeah, and I know we just got really really deep, guys. But this is honestly what the positivity charge. It was about sparking and empowering all of us to have these 
conversations and thoughts. And that's pretty great because how many people most of the time, even when I talk politics with friends or talk religion with friends or talk anything, it's very like-minded, right? We're all, we're all agreeing with each other and we're all having conversations about our shared points of view, points of view. And here we were able to not see necessarily different points of view, but be kind of intrigued to like when you hear like a brand can't take a political stance right Right. and then how does that make you feel why does it make you feel that way and how do we bridge that gap it was just you know a lot of food for thought a lot of food for thought and I think that's what was so great about about the positivity charge again was really about empowering and that's what they said they were like their mission is to empower women and give them the tools to make their lives better and then of course right you make other people's lives better it is that shared connection and I think that's what's something that's so important to Ali and I you know as I mentioned earlier is that like you can't if you're healthy and you're happy but everyone around you is unhealthy and unhappy are you really healthy and happy are you really healthy and happy and so the happier we become the more we want to spread that happiness the healthier we become the more we want to spread that health And I think that's really, really important. And just being open, again, like open to having courageous conversations and not, you know, using your anger. And and we actually talked about this, right, too, with um, Juices and Berries, Jordan McCrary. You know, we touched on that on this episode. I love how we know everybody from their Instagram name. It's so funny. We were just talking about this yesterday, how, like, we have friends in real life who we hang out with who we refer to them by their social media handles. Like when we talk and I'm sure people refer to us as like courageous wellness. So. That's why when we, when we meet people, I'm always like, I'm Allie and she's Erica. Cause people are probably like, Oh, that's courageous wellness. So it's like, who's who actually? It's so funny. But yeah, Jesus and Barry started McCrary. You know, we had, we, we did dialogue right about like anger, but she was using it. Yeah. It was an amazing about dialogue about like righteous anger and like rightful anger but using it right to fuel a better world and right. a better and to create society. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so amazing. But I think about what she said a lot. And I actually thought about it a lot at the positivity charge about like self-care is a radical act. Taking care of yourself. A radical political act. A radical political act is taking care of yourself and transforming your life and then really fueling yourself up so you can change the world. Yeah. And again, if you miss that episode and you go back, how, um, the self-care movement was started by and for black women. Yeah. So listen to that episode if you haven't. Yeah, it's a lot of really great incredible. info. She's, she's really a wise lady. Yeah. So obviously the positivity charge was a very positive experience positive, for both of us. Positive. And um, yeah, if you um, don't follow them, please follow them and look them up because I think everybody would really get something from their day-long conferences. Yeah, and congrats to Rubina and um, Parisha because yeah. they really they did pulled an off an job. awesome job. Yeah, so um, now we're in New York. We have a really busy week ahead, and we have some awesome, exciting, fun episodes we're going to record. We're so, so excited, um, and we're just so grateful to our community that we're able to do this yeah. and that we've just been overwhelmed with appreciation and gratitude this whole this whole few days um and also excitement I'm so Ali is from New York so um I'm not I'm from Los Angeles so I am just so excited to be here and uh, you know I am it's so funny because we were talking you know we talk about no judgment and balance and rest and digest all I've been talking about is eating bagels and Italian food like that's all I want to (laughs) do to be fair the bread products in New York are the best because of the water here. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying to take everything we talked about in this episode, right? We, like I said, we had bagels this morning before we recorded. They were delicious. Um, I'm definitely going to have delicious New York Italian food this week. Um, one of my favorite, uh, bars in like the world, (laughs) but, um, I love, uh, the Carlisle going for a fancy cocktail going for it, but they have like, you know, a ridiculously expensive cocktail. That's one of the best cocktails I've ever had in my entire life. Um, and I'm going to enjoy every sip and I'm going to enjoy every bite. And I do personally really believe that you are what you do most of the time. Mm-hmm. So I know when I'm back in LA, it's, you know, I'll be exercising more. I'll be eating the way I normally eat, yeah. but I don't even want to say better because what is better? You are what you do most of the time. Yeah. 
So we're very excited. It's funny. Erica's like Buddy the Elf in New York City. No, I am. And, and <laughs> I feel like my inner like jaded like East Coast. Like I'm like, it's fine. Let's just go. I'm gonna, can I tell my coffee shop story from this morning? Oh my God, it was morning? so funny. I died. Okay, so we were at a coffee shop this morning. And I actually, I met Allie there. I did something else um, earlier this morning. And I walked over to meet her and I'm just like, I'm so happy to be in New York and I'm like taking my time and no one's behind me. Like I'm not holding anything up, but I like, there's a baby and I'm like talking to the baby and then I like mosey on up to the barista and I'm like, hi, how are you? How's your day going? You know, I'm so Los Angeles. And then I was like, what are your milk alternatives? (laughs) You know, like what types of milk alternatives do you have? And I was like, okay, I'm going to get an iced oat latte. And he was like, okay, you know, they're New Yorkers. They're going quick. And then he goes, do you have a punch card? And I was like, no, I live in Los Angeles. Some other girl next to the barista checking me out was like, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, she was really nice about it. But I was like, yeah, I'm definitely like a hippie, airy Los Angelino. I I smile at everybody. I ask them about their life. Although I'd be a great older woman in New York who just talked to everybody. Yeah, like super eccentric. If you were 75 to 85... Right they would now. think I was a New Yorker. Exactly. <laughs> like your personality would work. I feel like if you were like in your 80s, but still wore your sparkle sneakers and your giant sunglasses, I think yes. that people would be like, oh, yeah. Just an eccentric But like to New see Yorker. a young, young woman with the time to say, how are you? It's very, it's very perplexing for people here. Yeah. New Yorkers always have a place to be yeah. and people in LA are like taking their sweet time. People in LA don't ever have a place to be. I think <laughs> that's, that's the difference. Like, like our friend, you know, he was saying that when he goes to LA, he's like, why is there a coffee shop packed in the middle of the day in Los Angeles? He's like, like where what do people do? Yeah. People don't do it. No, I mean, there people do plenty okay. of things, but you know, it's, it's a different, it's a different culture, but it was fun. So we're, we're very excited to be here. You're going to get this episode. Um, pretty like, this is hot and fresh. Like hot I and said fresh. in the beginning, hot, which and we fresh. don't always do. So yeah. So, um, yeah, but if you don't already, please subscribe to our podcast. If you haven't yet, please write us a nice review and give us a five-star rating. Do that it. would make us the happiest gals in New York city <laughs> and in Los Angeles. But, um, yeah, no, that would mean a lot to us. And, and we really appreciate you listening and, and just being here. So yeah, tune in every Wednesday. We'll be back next week with a great interview, a great episode. And yeah, yeah. we have a great fall lineup coming your way. And in the way. meantime, check out The Positivity Charge. Yeah. Right. Check out Rubina and Prisha. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.